Good evening. I hope that you've had a wonderful weekend. I hope you were able to stay out of the bad weather and the rain. I hope you were able to enjoy a day off if your employer gave you a day off uh, or if you were retired. I hope you had a wonderful day like every uh, day of retirement. Uh, I hope you were able to worship with uh, your church family. I uh, hope you were able to just uh, really relax and just enjoy the things that the Lord has done. Uh, as always, I just want to remind you that uh, if uh, you have any prayer requests, uh, hi Thea, how are you? Miss Bonnie. And um, if you ever have prayer requests, I would uh, be more than uh, honored to pray for you. Uh, you can send those through the private message. Uh, uh, my phone number is pretty much everywhere. Uh, you can send those through my phone, uh, email. I uh, would love the privilege uh, to pray for you. Um, but tonight we start the book of 2 Kings. And 2 Kings has some wonderful things in it about how God works and moves. And in 2 Kings chapter 1, uh, we are still looking at Elijah. And um, during this time, Elijah is ministering uh, to very difficult people. Uh, he's ministering to a nation that hates God. Uh, he is ministering to a king who hates God. And something happens. The king of Israel falls through um, the floor falls through the roof of his home, this upper lattice. And you can look at how the houses were built. That's not important tonight. Uh, and he was injured very badly. And he had decided that he wanted someone to go and find a pagan temple and to ask the pagan gods if he would survive. Well, as you can imagine, uh, God had something to say about this. And so an angel of the Lord comes to Elijah and says, I want you to meet that messenger on the road. And I want you to say to him, is there no God in Israel that you have to go and ask a pagan? You see, God was trying to get a hold of this king by reminding him that he didn't have to go to some false temple, some temple that did not have a God for answers, when there was a real living God of Israel. And tonight I just want to, you to think about how many people are trying to find answers in the wrong places. How many people are trying to find answers from horoscopes and um, in the bottom of a bottle or a, or a psychic on television. And what people don't realize is none of those things can give you answers if there is nothing behind them, or it is demonic. But I want you to see this. God sends this messenger and says, hey, you should be coming to me. Well, naturally, the messenger turns back and goes to the king and tells him what has happened. And I want you to see the significance of this. God was trying to speak to this king, but this king had a choice to make. He could have said, you're right, I've seen Elijah and how God has used him and how the power of God fell and destroyed the pagan uh, priest. 
But he says, oh no. He says, I want you to find Elijah and I want you to kill him. And tonight I want you to hear this. God wants to work in your life. God wants to work in your marriage. The question is, will you and I let him? The people in our lives, we can go to them with, this is what God wants for you. This is what's best for you. But they either have to make a choice to worship God or to reject him. And so this king says, I'm going to send my army in small groups to get him. And so you can read here in verse 10, verse 9, verse 8 about how this happened. In verse 9 it says, Then the king sent to him a captain of 50 with his 50 men. So the king says, I'm going to send 50 of my best soldiers. We're going to get Elijah. And we're going to murder him because he told me something I didn't want to hear. Well, as these soldiers come up to Elijah, they ask him and tell him, Man of God, come down. And Elijah answered and said to the captain of 50, If I am a man of God, then let fire come down from heaven and consume you and your 50 men. And fire came down from heaven. Then, if you look in verse 11, the king says, Fine, I'll send another 50 men and a captain. And as they come to Elijah, he says the very same thing. If I'm the man of God, let fire come down from heaven. And it did. Well, you would think the king would realize something. There's nothing I can do to Elijah. There's nothing I can do to refuse God. I'm going to change. I'm going to come to him and ask for his answer, for his power, for his presence. But he doesn't. And friends, I want you to see this tonight, that the hard-heartedness of this king not only ruined his life, but the lives of all these other men and all of these other men and their families. Why? Because he would not listen to the things of God. But then the king once again sent another captain and 50 soldiers. But this captain said something different. Man of God, please let my life and the life of these 50 servants of yours be precious in your sight. Fire has come down from heaven and burned up the first two captains of 50 with their 50s. But let my life now be precious in your sight. And if you read the rest of that, the angel came down to Elijah and said, go with them, don't call down fire from heaven. And so we see this miracle for two reasons. One, to protect Elijah. God will protect his people. God has a purpose and a plan for his people. But the second reason is this captain. This captain saw the power of God and it forever changed him. He begged for mercy and God showed mercy. You see, tonight, when we really do live a life of obedience to God and we believe that God's power and God's presence changes everything, God, one, uses the miracles in our life and the miracles in the word of God to, one, get us to where God wants us to be. Whether it's protecting us from an enemy, whether it's going through a valley and God sustaining us, the power and presence of God impacts me. But as every miracle we've seen, it's just not about me. God's power, God's 
miraculous works are not just for me. It's for how it reaches others. And so I can't imagine what happened when this captain cried out to God, to Elijah, and said, spare us, show us mercy. But I can promise you he left there different. He left there changed. And I really do believe this. I do believe that God wants to work. I believe God wants to do things in our life and in churches that only God gets the credit for. I still believe that God's people can pray and God can heal. I still believe that God's uh, people can seek him and want him and the power and presence of God can fall and work and move and change people. But the question is, why do we want that? As a pastor, why do I want to see God move in our church? Is it because I want to see more people there? Is it because I want to be able to brag to other pastors about what the Lord is doing? Or is it because I really believe that people need the Lord? I really believe that God can change lives and give hope. You see, friends, it's not wrong to seek God's power in your life. But always remember that God's power in your life is not something that you are to hide, to, to keep secret. Jesus said you're not to put uh, a light under a basket, right? You're to shine, to let it radiate. And so if God has worked in your life in a powerful and a mighty way, share it with other people. Remind them of what God can do, not only for you, but for them. And so I want to encourage you, just like this captain pleaded for God's mercy, God's protection, God's power, and it happened. It can happen in your life. And so as always, I want to thank you for watching tonight, and I pray that the Lord would bless you and keep you. And as always, if I can ever help you, pray for you, uh, or anything at all, please let us know. So God bless, and I look forward to seeing you tomorrow night.